This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is brought to you by WarbyParker.com. Get a free five-day home try-on at WarbyParkerTrial.com slash red. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country, And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back-of-the-packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast, episode number 82. I'm Amy. (laughs) And I'm Dana. Yes, and we are your hosts for the show, freshly back from Key West. Yeah, we're, we haven't recovered from vacationing, runcationing in uh-huh. the beautiful Florida Keys, and mm. we're very relaxed as a result of our time down there. Well, I mean, we're relaxed, but I'm going to tell you, this is day two after the half marathon. I'm kind of, I'm a little sore. I'm a lot sore. <laughs> it's a good thing. It it is, and <laughs> and the uh, I'm laughing. I was chuckling a little bit when we started here. I'm so glad we don't have cameras up just yet to show you guys the behind the scenes of what the podcast looks like because there was chair dancing and singing and a weird combination of beard chair dancing yeah you know be be bopping to the intro music and then you were also singing papa can you hear me you were the one who was chair dancing and you were the one singing papa can you hear me so that's true again i love you until the behind the scenes stuff (laughs) and deadpool oh so you're deadpool i was gonna say you're the person that loved yentl okay (laughs) no but i mean it was such a nice way to relax and unwind (gasps) and unplug Mm. following that race oh and it was a, just a, a great trip. I think that yeah. we got a lot to share with you guys today. Oh, yeah. Regarding the southernmost half marathon, mm-hmm. Key West, and where to go for delicious food and drink while you're down there. Absolutely. Yes. It's maybe we're not yet off of island time. No. No, but we are going to be as of tomorrow because we have to be back at work. Yeah, so when, we got to do when it. When you guys are downloading this episode, just so you know, we are already driving to work or at work as you're listening. So this is our last hurrah. Thank you for downloading and subscribing and yes. listening and watching the videos that we post from time to time also. Yeah, great videos last week from the cupping at Big Storm mm-hmm. Brewing, uh, who was hosting their head roaster from Big Storm Coffee Company. Chris Ramsey. And uh, shout out to you all. Hope you all like those. I think that I think those are a nice way to break things up and, and check out some some other stuff for a little deeper dive. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, what you think. So the southernmost half marathon. Yes, let's get to the running portion of our show. Well, let me give an update first. First, we went to do the southernmost half marathon, but you were you're still going through physical therapy. Well, yeah, this was my um, first race that I was allowed to do running in. Right, because at Anchorage, post injury, that was a no no. At Anchorage, I was told no running at all. Yeah, and I was a good boy and didn't. Very good. And. Two weeks ago now, I guess I was allowed to run five out of 
eight or five out of 13 because I, I ran five, walked eight, five mm. out of 13 training miles. Mm-hmm. And if you were following along on our social media channels, you saw that I was giving you some updates yep. about every 5K yeah. on that race. And I... I was your training run. I was using that as an opportunity to do a little bit of experimentation, trying out the leg brace to see if that was just going to work for me. And I think that I've I finally just landed in the camp that that is better used post race for me. Yeah. Than it is during a run. Hmm. And I ended up trying It's different and, for everybody. Yeah, trying segments with it, trying segments without it, changing yeah. up my intervals a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Doing it with and without the dogs, which the dogs are not a not good for for your time, but uh, they're so precious. They are, and they're very supportive of the yeah. running. But it was it was an opportunity for me to to try those things out. And then last week, I got the clearance from my physical therapist that I was allowed to run as many miles as I wanted during this half marathon that we were going to be doing in Key West. And I'm glad that we had one to kind of test out. You don't even have a month before Walt Disney World, before the two-course challenge at the Wine and Dine Half Marathon Weekend. No, I think as of recording, and we are recording on Monday, mm. the 14th of October, we are down to about 18 days. Something like that, yeah. So it's coming up fast. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a race that's near and dear to our hearts because it's the first half marathon that we ever did. Yeah. So even if we don't do any other Disney races throughout a year, we will always come back to that one because as long as they host it. Yeah. As that is the first one that we ever did. Right. So. Uh, so we, this was good practice. My point is, is that it was a good practice to have the southernmost half marathon. I like this one because it has such a generous time limit for the half marathoner. Why is that? It's a six-hour time limit because it. They also run a full marathon on the same course a little bit further out Yes, with that. But it's a six-hour time limit for the marathon, and the half marathoners have just as much time. And I think we alluded to it a couple of weeks ago that we wanted to do another race before the Disney. Yeah. And this was really the only thing that we could find kind of... I I don't want to say Key West is in our area. It's a six-hour drive, but... Kind of a, a mm-hmm. larger, longer distance race with that time limit. Yeah, the generous time limit is key because there there were other races that we could drive to or travel to within, you, you know, a short amount of time from home and be able to fit it in in our work schedule and every our our time off from work. So. I just or we could have just run thirteen more miles in our neighborhood, but we could have. What fun is that? We could I have did that the week before. It was not nearly as much fun. I mean, those are really good when you need the solitude. When you need the solitude, when you need a known course, when you don't have time off from work, and you just want to go at your own pace and put on a good audiobook, a good podcast, some really motivating music, something. And just not have the pressure of, of a race. This southernmost half marathon, it gives us a race with a goal and a medal, but the time limit and the fear of being very last or being picked up is not there. So we're able to test ourselves yeah, on I, a course. 
I think you hit the nail on the head and maybe I'll be getting a little more personal than people are used to or would expect. But, um, two weeks or last week when I did my training run and mm-hmm. I was checking in on those five K's, I was, I would check in and, and give guy give everybody the updates mm-hmm. on Instagram live. And yeah. that was fine. But during those five K segments, I was actually very much doing what you were talking about with solitude yeah. and focusing on how am I feeling? What's my body telling me? Mm. And I know there are millions of people, yourself included, who've had the knee scoped. Yeah. I'm coming at this as somebody who, as of age 44, Hmm. who's been a 22-year law enforcement veteran, played uh, or used to play tackle football, sans pads with friends growing up, Hmm. martial arts most of my life. I've never had a broken bone or an injury that put Hmm. me in a hospital. So it took me 44 years to have that experience. And it was a little bit, for me anyway, it was a little bit humbling and a little bit something that I've had a little bit of nervousness about. So even after, you know, insurance like, oh, hey, you know, you've only got X number of of physical therapy sessions that we're going to reimburse you fully for, Mm -hmm. like, not a problem. And I just whip out the the bank card and pay for it myself to make sure that I'm fully recovered. And and they did tell me, they said that if if it weren't for my my full-time job, they would Mm. have cut me loose on last Friday or last Thursday, yeah, which was nice to hear. And I think I've only got four sessions left, but they were very confident in, in my ability. Mm. And you're uh, conservative and you're playing it safe and you're really wanting to come out strong. Yes. And this was a fantastic race for me to be able to go, okay, I'm going to do this race, my race, my pace, Mm -hmm. a mantra that we use very frequently. We do. And we'll report, I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. Let's, uh, Let's walk people through the the actual experience at the beginning with uh, packet pickup. Well, we drove down, and it's always we always talk about when we go to Key West making a day of the drive. That's true. Although you could do the Key West Express if you're here in Florida. Key West Express goes out of, I believe, Tampa and Fort Myers. So yeah. you have an option for both. Yeah, so you could do that. And that's a that's a go-fast boat that gets you down there in, in about three to four hours. And there are a lot of people that we talked to during the race weekend who said that they flew into Miami and then rented a car and traveled down from yes. there, which is what, like an hour and a half? About an hour. Oh. Two hours. Two, what two and a half hours. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, about I have two, no concept because you always do the driving. Two and a half to three hours. Yeah. So so however you choose to get there, we just like to, because we can, make the drive part of the experience. And shout out to Florida Keys Brewing Company. Place that we've talked about on the show before. Because we did stop there and <laughs> Not have... once, but twice. A little bit of their Oktoberfest samplings, and that was really cool. Yeah, they actually had a nice uh, samplings of the seasonal beers. Mm -hmm. And then on our way back home, we stopped through again for lunch. And they actually had their full tilt Oktoberfest celebration going on. Yes, they did. Which was crazy. It was so busy. But fun and well, very well organized Mm -hmm. and, and just Everybody was having a great time, and it was kids. They had food trucks. Yeah, food trucks, axe throwing, mm-hmm. music. Yeah. You know, they had kids, adults, 
older folks. I mean, every, all ages were there having a great time. So and their beer garden was great. Yeah, Killer. Little shout out to them. I think yeah. that's absolutely a place to check out on your way down there if you're driving. It was a, a good way to have the first part of the drive and then have a little bit of a break and then resume after having that. An intermezzo, if you will. Yes, a because, little bit further. Because it is a straight, chaos. flat, boring drive. I it's mean, not, uh, well, the scenery is gorgeous. The no, water. No, no, I'm talking about just the the road, the highway hypnosis yeah. you can get from driving. True, true. Driving that because it's just a straight shot. Yes, so. yes. But so we made that kind of experience part of the trip. But however you get there, you can fly into Miami, rent a car, drive down. You can, you can take fly the into Key West. You can fly into Key West. You can take the Key West Express. There are lots of ways to get there if you decide to do this particular race weekend or the Key West half in January, which we've done before. But um, the the packet pickup is at Loggerheads Beach Bar and Grill. Um. Zero Simonton Zero Street. Simonton Street. Yes. And it's not an expo. No, not no. at all. Uh, no. Basically, it's a it's a large uh, three or four tents kind of set up into one big tent. Mm-hmm. And they have the packet pickup, registration. If you are late, you know, walk up, register. Get your bib. Yeah. Then you go over and they put your bag together right there. Pick your shirt. And you got a hat this time. And your hat. Yeah. Yes. And they had two different styles of hat. Two different styles of colors of hats you could pick. And the they had women's and men's cuts in the shirts. But they had... Nice to see that, by the way. Just the... They, they only went up to XL. large and XL. They didn't have bigger ones. Right. They only went to XL. But I, it was nice to see. Not every yeah. race bothers to do a men's and women's cut shirt. Right. Right. So that was good. Mm-hmm. That was good. And it wasn't really an expo, but do you really need one with the view of the beach in the background? Yeah, that place <laughs> puts you out right next to a resort. Mm-hmm. And then Loggerheads is, is a little um, yeah. beach bar type area. And it's the dead end of a street. Yeah, And this is the same place where the start and finish line are going to be. And I like that the expo was open or the non-expo packet pickup. Packet pickup. You know what I mean was open so late because you know last year till 9 p.m yeah so if you're traveling and you're worried about late flights and driving in or the key west express and weather or anything like that i think it's a great tip to know that they're going to be there until nine and last year when they heard about an accident on um US one. US one. That we got stuck behind. That we got stuck behind and it was like a three hour delay. Yep. They sent email communication saying, Hey, we're gonna be here a little bit longer than nine. They were actually out there till ten or eleven with bid pickup. A lot of people don't realize, but because of that island lifestyle down there, US one is the only route in or out by land. Yeah. So when something like that happens, there's actually kind of a you know, the net the information yep. network down there kicks in and everybody's aware of it because it impacts yeah. traffic on all of the up or all of the keys. Yeah. When you have that. So that is good that they are there until nine and then they have big pickup the morning of if you need it. They do. So that's Although a good tip. That would be early. It would it would be kind of you're getting there a little bit early and then you kind of have your your shirt and your hat. So if you're staying at that 
at the hotel that's right there, that's nice because you can just go throw it in your room. But if you're not staying there, then you have to put it in your, I don't know, I guess your backpack if you have like a hydration pack or Or they have, they do have uh, backpack. Oh, they have gear check too. I always forget about that because we try to never do that. We've only, you know, in all the years of running, we've only done, I think, bag check once. Once. And it's, we had such a horrible experience with it. We said never again. And we have so far been pretty good about holding to that. Yeah, that's, it's true. But we try to never do that. So I never, so I always forget. But we had, when we picked up our bib, the, the tear off for the gear check. You're right. Mm -hmm. And we also had the tear off for the one free beer at Loggerheads on that bib. So, pro tip for those traveling down by car, give yourself a little extra time to Mm -hmm. enjoy the keys on your way down and factor in the possibility that there there may be some traffic issues Mm -hmm. along US-1. Yeah, and you you can make a day of the drive with a Blackwater Siren in Key Largo, which we've covered on the show before. Isla Morada Brewing, Key West Brewing, Keys B or Keys Mead. The metery in Key Largo, yeah. yeah. Um, we haven't covered them, yo, no. on the uh, show yet. But we've heard great things, and we've tasted a couple. Of because their- Florida Keys Brewing has them as their mead on tap. That's like 14%. Ooh. Hello. Kiki Sandbar. Kiki there. Sandbar, which if you've yeah. ever seen that beautiful plate of, of ahi tuna nachos that we've shown you, it is a work of art that mm-hmm. tastes as good as it looks. Yeah. So the travel, the packet pickup, all of that that precedes the race. Those are those are some good tips. Well, let's talk about the course itself. Yes, we started. Well, the marathoners started at 5:30 at Simonton Zero Simonton. Mm-hmm. Down there at Loggerheads was the start line. And they started at 5.30, and then the half marathoners started 15 minutes later. And then there was a 5K that started maybe an hour later, like around the 7-ish, 7.30, something like that mm-hmm. start time. There's, so there's a 5K. So as far as distances go, there's a distance for everyone. There really is. Mm-hmm. And you're right there starting at a very early start time for mm-hmm. the most part. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 7.30 is not super, super early, but it's, right. it's early enough for a 5K. Yeah, I sure. liked, though, that the marathon and the half marathon started at 5.30 and 5.45 because it was still dark. We're still not having sunrise until, like, what, the 7 o'clock hour right now here in Florida? Yeah. So in October. So I I like that it started there and took you through the shoot and then we we turned to go down Duval. Yeah, we work our way through Old Town. You're in mm-hmm. the older part of downtown yeah. Key West, essentially. And it's just a beautiful area. And it's basically a right turn coming off of Simonton. Mm-hmm. I believe that takes you onto Front Street. And then it takes you around to Duval Street. Because uh, we ran past Amigos that we've eaten at before and the Tiki House. Captain Tony's. Captain Tony Saloon. And then you make the t- right turn onto Duval Street right there at Sloppy Joe's. Oh, yum, yum. And then you basically take it almost all the way down. Uh, mm-hmm. All the way down Duval Street to kind of get a, a look at it right there. It's still dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the bars are cleaning up still yes. from, from the night. Yeah, the mile one marker is also accompanied by your first water stop still on Duval. Yes. Before you make the turn. Yeah, in fact, they were handing out bottles of water at the start line. 
And we're going to be talking a little mm. bit later about the conditions and all that. But I will tell you that it, at 545 in the morning, we were still in the mid 80s as far as temperature goes. Yeah. And standing there, everybody was sweating. Just starting to sweat. Just standing there. Yeah. And so then when you start moving, <laughs> the perspiration increases. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, you, so you, yeah, the course. You go right down Duval Street. Mm-hmm. It, you, cur- you end up taking a right off of it and kind of going back around to come up to the southernmost point. Where your photo op is. Which is really cool, by like the way. It. I think that the, the race organizers really do that part right. Yeah, I like that. They're um they're guiding you because it's still dark out and then the photographer allows you to get kind of set up and then it's it's on and you take the photo and Better this than time our last time doing it where yeah. we had to time it between the waves crashing yeah this time we didn't have to fight the water and the tides but uh, so we were able to get our a good picture and then head on down towards the water yeah you end up. Um, kind of going back through some of the southern, southernmost, right by the southernmost uh, resort mm-hmm. and over by the Casa Marina. Yeah. And then you end up taking basically a lap around the island. Yes. Starting on the south side of the island. And so you see a beautiful sunrise. In fact, I think that uh, we posted a photo yes. of sunrise by the water. Yeah, it was gorgeous, that whole stretch by the water. And because it was dark, even though we didn't really have any kind of shade or trees shading us, what I liked about that course, that part of the course, that you could see the sun come up. And it, and you could also use the bathrooms that were there by the beach. Yes. They're- so that's a great little thing. There aren't any porta potties on this course once you leave the start line till about mile four right. or five. Yeah. There is a park bathroom. There are right, two of them. There are two of them right there on the beach mm-hmm. that you can use, yeah. which is fantastic. I yeah. mean, perfect timing. Um, there's also the bathrooms near the pier mm-hmm. because at, at the mile, I want to say the mile, th- around, right around mile three, you end up going out onto the pier mm-hmm. and you go out and back, mm-hmm. um, back onto land. Mm-hmm. And right there they have park bathrooms and then you have park bathrooms along the, along the water as you're heading towards the uh, Key West airport. So you have a couple of opportunities there, but really for your first three miles, um, you better hold it. No, you just go to the bathroom at the beach bathrooms. (laughs) Don't scare people. Right until you, well, until you get to the pier, you're kind of, I mean, it's, it's the start line and then the pier. You have porta potties at the start line. Yes. Just so you know. And actually there are plenty and those, and the lines moved quickly. Yes. It was fine. That was, the start line was very well appointed. Yes. So good stuff there. Yeah. Then when when we got past the water and we got towards mile six. Mile six, which was right outside of our hotel. We, mile six and mile seven, there was an overpass. A small one. A small overpass. It was not like the rolling hills of Kentucky. Nothing's like the rolling hills of Kentucky. Right. Right. So we go over that and then we go down and cross the main thoroughfare into the island and we start to go on an asphalt kind of path. There's an asphalt trail that goes along and there's US another, one. And there's another overpass. 
there's another little bridge out to where our turnaround is and where the marathon, the full marathoners, it says this is the half turnaround and the, and the full marathoners keep going. Right, right. Yeah. And, and they have actually a really nice sign there that indicates that. Yeah. And then they have a person standing there, half marathoners, turn around, marathoners, keep, keep going. going. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's at about mile seven and a half-ish mm-hmm. yeah. at that point. Yeah. And then you're back along that asphalt trail, which is the only part of this race where there's any shade trees. Yes. At all. Yeah. Because we're about to get into the the latter parts of the course. Mm. And once you come back down US-1 and you go over the little overpass to get back onto the island proper, Mm. and you make that right turn on Roosevelt to take you into mile 10, 11, 12. And then towards 12, yeah. There's not a inch of Shade. shade anywhere no shade and the sun has come up and by then by then for us the sun has come up yes Uh, and by the way um you did an awesome job you were keeping up with me and and again i say she did an awesome job she was Mm -hmm. she was making sure i was okay because Mm -hmm. i decided i was going to take a pretty conservative approach to the race i did five second running intervals 55 second walking intervals Mm -hmm. just to see if the knee was going to hold up and i honestly felt pretty good for most of the race i didn't walk the first i didn't run the first mile mile one was a warm-up for me just to make sure everything was going because we basically i feel like i use that as a warm-up anyway yeah i got up got dressed we ubered or lifted down Mm -hmm. there and we arrived just as the marathoners were leaving so we only (laughs) had about 15 minutes at the at the start which is probably good if you're ever if you're the nervous type at the beginning yeah yeah so so i took a very conservative approach 555 Mm -hmm. the whole race um didn't run mile one ran basically miles two through ten yeah and then um 11 and 12 walked those and then Picked it back up at 13. Towards the finish. Or heading into 13, yeah, from 12 to 13. So anyway, so as we come back <laughs> onto the island, that's mile nine heading into mile 10. Yeah, and that is you're in the sun. And and I will tell you, the water stops are plentiful Yeah, almost. along the course. I was so glad because I was debating whether or not to take a hydration pack. And I really don't want to take the extra weight if I don't need to. We normally do take hydration of some sort with us. And yeah. we'll always counsel you, say, hey, you should take it if you don't know it. and we Control your and destiny. We, and we've asked and, yeah. and, you know, and talked about it. But mm-hmm. this is when we ran it last year. We knew that the on-course support was, was good. Mm-hmm. And we banked on it being good again this year. And, and they be- did not disappoint. So. And at the beginning of the course, I grabbed a couple of water bottles yep. for us to have. And I had one of my hydration bottles from my running belt, just a small bottle that I filled with Powerade and kept in my pocket of my running skirt, just in case. And it was super useful. Yeah. Because the humidity is no joke. And no. once the sun clear, I want to say by about 830 8.30 in the morning. So when you start to feel really warm and humid? That's that's when I think that the, the clouds, it, it, the sun cleared the clouds completely. Yeah. And had an unobstructed path yeah. to, to just pound you. Yeah. And it's what it's basically doing because yeah. the temperature climbs really quick. 
yeah. on this course. And at the end there where we were back on a concrete versus asphalt. Well, most of this race is concrete. Yeah. You have a, a break going out once you once you come off of the island at mile seven and you go out to about eight and a half and that's asphalt. Yeah. That's asphalt. Once you go off the island and come back, but then once you come back on the island, you're on concrete the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, until you hit until you hit mile twelve. Mile twelve. And you can get it back on the street. Yeah, for the finish, essentially. Because mile so. mile ten and eleven takes you along Roosevelt mm-hmm. as you're heading uh, southwest on mm-hmm. the island. You've got the water out to your right. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous, but there's not shade from the heat. They have they have palm trees, which are beautiful, but don't provide no any shade. shade. You can lean up against them to stretch, which is yeah. nice. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, but and the sidewalk is huge. I mean, it is you huge. Do have th- that's a, that's another thing I think that's a, a real positive of this course is mm-hmm. the vast majority of this course you've got safe running areas that are off the road a wide berth and the only thing I would say about the part that you do in the dark before the sun rises is you would be really great to have some kind of light oh without or a doubt. like night runner shoe lights or different I'm, uh, I'm sitting here nodding but absolutely or, or your uh, or your phone and flashlight just to see in some areas that are a little darker than others yeah the first at mile mile two and a half when you're going out there onto the pier I was using my cell phone to mm-hmm. illuminate our path because it's that dark on the on yeah. the uh, on the pier yeah they had some glow sticks cracked. They did. Lighting it, and it helped. Which was smart. But they need a little more light there. Yeah. Not really a dig, just something to be aware of. No, yeah. And night runner shoe lights or like one of those lights that you attach to your hydration pack or on your running belt or... Or a headlamp. On a, yeah, something would be good for those darker areas of the course before the sun rises. And then it's... And then the, the concrete, I feel... That may be a mental thing, the concrete being harder on me than asphalt. I don't know. Well, I think that we could tap into the wisdom of the group and find out. What do you guys think? Yeah. Or, or what have you heard? What, what's been your experience? When you're running, road running, mm. when it comes to concrete versus asphalt, asphalt, do you feel a difference in your joints and... Do you think that it makes a difference in your performance, whether you're running on concrete versus asphalt? Yeah. Shoot us an email, info at runeatdrink.net. Yes, or... I'd like to know what you think about this. You could call us at 941-677-2733. Is there research to support that either concrete or asphalt is better for you or harder on you? If you have any info or light or research to share, let us know. And send us a quick one-minute audio file. That would be ideal. Or leave us a voicemail. Let us know who you are, where you're calling from, and tell us your experience or what you know. Share, yes. share your wisdom with us. Share the love. Yes. Yes. So I... So you head into mile 1011, takes you right along Roosevelt yeah. at about mile 11 point something you got to make that turn onto Palm Avenue. Mm. And you have an overpass, a bridge. That, yep, that little overpass. It's actually a a rather large overpass that takes you by 
uh, you'll see that the, the big sign that says Fly Navy on the right. Mm-hmm. You got the marinas there. Yep. And that's the only hill, as I'm air quoting, and again, you guys can't hear me air quoting. I mean, other air than quote. the overpasses that we had. But this one's big. But this one's big. And this it's very big. narrow. Yeah, that one narrows to about a four-foot concrete sidewalk yeah. with an elevated curb. So you're yeah. you're separate from traffic. True. But you can't run two abreast and allow people to pass. So no. if you've got faster runners coming up behind you, you're having to move. Yep. Um, Single file. And, and it's really just enough for two people to run. Yeah. There's a, there's a water station at the foot of that once you're over it. But right I, as you're heading into mile 12. It's other runners you have to be aware of and accommodate for. And that's that's it pretty much. You don't have bikers the way you do by the water. No, because, again, Key West is, is an island town. Mm-hmm. Bicycles are a way of life down there. It's oh, not yeah. just a recreational thing. Many people right. don't own a car. So the bike. So they're going to work on mm-hmm. their bike. Yeah, or walking or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we we had when we were by the water and we had like the wide berth on Roosevelt. We had some bikers that would say on your left or, you know, to. And it wasn't you. a problem. It was great. Yeah, it was fine. Everybody, and everybody was, was very cool. Rarely accommodating. It was great. There were people who were driving by us on the road that were honking and saying, "Yay! Congratulations! You're almost there. You could do it." Very encouraging. It wasn't like. There were cheer squads along the course, but all the people at the water stops, the volunteers, the police officers that were helping to manage traffic patterns and yeah, and that they were great. And you're absolutely right. The Key West police mm. were awesome. Yeah. They, they weren't everywhere on the course because they didn't need to be. They were only no. where they needed to be, but right. where they were... They were so great mm-hmm. with the runners, yeah. and everybody was just very relaxed. I've we've run in races where the, where the yep. the citizens are annoyed, you know, that live in the area that the streets are being blocked, and yeah. you know the having been on that side of it, I know that you know it, there's nothing worse than traffic direction, and people are frustrated and understandably so. Yeah, that is just not the way down there. Everybody's nope. so chill. Yeah, it was great. It was great. The finish was back at Simonton Street, back at Loggerheads, and there were people there that were applauding and cheering, even if they didn't know you. Yeah. The photographer to get your post-race or crossing the finish line picture, and we kind of came in together, mm-hmm. and it was it was really nice that we got a lot of compliments from runners all along the course that w- sometimes when we would do our intervals we would hold hands to to run those 555s mm-hmm. and that it was uh, just such friendly people along the course and at the finish and the medal reminds me of a seashell yeah the medal on this race i think is better than last year's yeah. and it, just I like it. Great bling. There's mm-hmm. a picture of it in the episode artwork. Yep. It's I have pretty big meat hooks and it's <laughs> it's the size of my palm. I like it. Yeah. Great metal, mm-hmm. great ribbon for the metal. Yes. And once you get through the finish line and you kind of walk through, you go past medical wow. where the, the porta potties are. Mm-hmm. They've got loggerheads which is a beach bar but then they also have the tent set up with watermelon and oranges and water for the runners bagel slices bagel slices watermelon Mm -hmm. 
bananas, yeah. mm-hmm. orange slices, yeah. toppings for the for the bagels as yes. well. They had cream cheese and peanut butter. Yeah, I, I that was actually a pretty nice spread. I yeah. didn't I, I didn't get over there prior to the race starting, but that I was, think it was there for after. Well, it was great. Yeah. And I think the, all the on-course support in wrapping up, like, the, the course and the, the ending and there, I think the half had great support and great um, access to water and to Gatorade all along the course. We had talked to some uh, full marathoners that said at some points along the course, past the four-hour mark, that there might not have been so much yeah, this was a common theme that we were In hearing water from some of the full marathoners. Yeah. And I can understand their frustration. Yeah, as back of the Packers ourselves. Yeah, we've seen that. So something to keep in mind, if this is a race that you're considering, if you're doing the half, you're probably going to be okay it's as great. long as you're under under four hours. We were right under four hours. And if you are a marathoner with a time over four hours, you might want to make sure that you've got some of your own support with you. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. That that's something to be aware of. Yep. Yeah. But that, but that's just what we heard. And but but I mean you know one story not data when you start to hear it multiple times mm-hmm. that starts to make some confirmation in your right. mind there so so just something to be aware of i mean we really don't have anything bad to say the volunteers that we dealt with were amazing mm-hmm. there was ample support the course was well marked yep. again we're half marathoners under four hours if that a bit. if if you fall in that category i think you're going to have a phenomenal time here yes now Indeed. can we can we talk about the the big elephant in the room which is the temperature and humidity because I complained about it a year ago. Yeah. I complained about it a little bit last week. Yeah. The, or week before on the show. Yes. And I complained about it during the race. Well, you came up to me on the course when we hadn't even hit a mile and you were just dripping. I ran I ran her a water bottle yeah. because she took off and I knew she only had about a about an eight ounce fluid container with her. And I said, you know, because I was going to let her go up way up ahead of me. And I said, you know, I don't know that she's got enough with her. And not knowing what the encore support would be like, I said, well, let me see if I can get her a water bottle. So I, I, I fast walked and did my best to catch up to you around mile one for that reason. This course, and, and again, we ran into several runners mm. throughout the day. And it's great. You're, you're along Duval Street where you yeah. pop into a bar or a restaurant, whatever. You're running into people who are doing the race. Mm-hmm. Everybody to the person was saying the same thing. Like, I don't know what happened. This is a flat course. Yeah. But it is not a fast course. Because of the temperature and humidity. Temperature and humidity. Yeah. And we were talking to people from all over the country. Yeah. And they were saying the same thing, mm-hmm. that they were not expecting the heat and humidity that they got. To affect them the way it did as and well. It's no joke. We train in it and, you know, we we complain about it because, you know, I mean, everybody's going to have <laughs> a little something to complain about. Yeah. But it is a real factor when you're training and running. Yeah. So I would say that if you're coming to do this race, come to do it for the experience. Not to set a PR. I don't think, and they said that there were, there were some rather elite runners there that were 
going well, for it. Going for it mm-hmm. and not getting it. They no, were, and they were they frustrated were, at the end. Yeah, very frustrated with their times because they, they were not expecting it to be this humid. But it was. Yeah. So uh, feels like temperatures by 9 a.m. were 99 degrees, I believe. Yeah, something like that. So you have to, you just have to be really careful on a course like that. And understand that that's not yeah. a, that's not a reflection on you. That's just the reality of the, of the conditions. And what it does to the human body. Yeah. And like so. even Jeff Galloway talks about it. You got to take time off of your, your pace for the heat and understand, you know, human body reacts in a certain way. Yeah. So it's a great all, race though. All in all. Would you recommend this race to people? I would. I would recommend the half. I know we haven't done the 5K or the marathon, so we don't have firsthand knowledge of those. Or will I do the marathon? I know. I know. But I would I would recommend it because of the generous time limit, because of what you get to experience afterward. Hint, hint, we're coming to the food and beverage portion of our show next. We are. So I, I would. Would you? Oh, without a doubt. Look, if you need an excuse to come down to Key West, number one, we need to talk about your your um, excuses that you're willing to make for vacations because we can get you some and we'll get you down here because yeah. Key West is a fantastic place to come. Yeah. But the course is flat. It is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Just come into it with the understanding that this yeah. is not going to be a PR Likely going to be a PR place for you. Not likely. And I think that you're going to have a great time doing it. Yeah. I really do. And there are some great places to stay. I mean, we, at the post-race party, we were supposed to have a beer. And when we were in line at Loggerheads, it's just what they, what they possibly had access to in their equipment, kind of. They were having an equipment malfunction. Yeah. And the the tap was not working very well to get Mm -mm. the beer out because the the ice melted. Yeah. (laughs) And the system they were using relies on the different differential of temperature to get that, that beer flowing. So really. So we ended up just saying, oh, Okay. No big deal. We've yeah. got beer back at the room. Mm-hmm. We're just going to go back to the room and, and have our celebratory beer there. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's be real. We were going to have some jacuzzi and some pool time. Yes. And I would just like to shout out Billy the Greek at the Grand Key Durable Tree by Hilton. Yeah, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, but he was so great to us because we came down to the pool bar and we, we had... A beer. We limped down to the pool bar. Slowly. I had Went. some, I mentioned it, I think, uh, last last show, mm-hmm. that the lack of running training, I saw myself uh, losing some of the, uh, some of the calluses. Oh. And I experienced the full, <laughs> the full power of not having the appropriate calluses in the appropriate places following this race. Yes. So it was a slow walk down to the pool bar. Slow walk down to the pool bar, but Billy the Greek, he helped that's actually, us. That's actually on his name on tag. On his name tag. And we had we had a post-race celebratory beer, and he said, oh, you ran the race. And he told us the whole story behind the marathon. He says, I am, I am Greek. I can't do an accent. He had a great, but, thick Greek accent, and he was just the nicest guy. Yeah, and he's telling us about the original guy that ran for marathon. And it, it yeah. He was just great to us and got us help to celebrate because we missed out on our, our beer down there at the finish line because of technical difficulties. 
So that was great. But we needed some fuel. We did. Before the race. Yeah. And we need to talk about that. So we're going to time travel a little bit. Yeah, back behind before the race. (laughs) And we're going to take you back to a meal that we had the night before the race. We got into Key West. We did our packet pickup. We checked in at the hotel. Mm -hmm. Then we grabbed a ride down to Duval Street. And I know there's tons of places off Duval Street. Mm -hmm. And we've covered some of them on the show. We have. But sometimes... There's a reason places are in the most popularly trafficked tourist spots. Mm. And there's a little spot there that we discovered years ago yeah. that we I almost I almost don't want to give up the secret. You have to. We have to talk about it. Okay. Because it powered our race. Well, the address is 915 Duval Street. 915 is it, the name of the restaurant. Uh, they not a very creative name. Beautiful, but you know where it's located. Beautiful old house. Yeah, they took a an old Key West style home and converted it. The bottom floor is a white tablecloth dining experience. Yeah, and it has an a, a bar inside the house. And a bar inside the house. Mm-hmm. The upstairs has it's, small plates and yeah. drinks. Mm-hmm. and It's called Point Five. It's called Point Five. Yeah. Love the spot. And we've loved it for years. Yeah, we went there. I can remember several years, years ago that I had their house-made gin and tonic, their house-made tonic, and their gin and tonic, and it's just delightful. Not that we had that that night because we had to run in the morning. <laughs> but they're still doing it to this day. Yeah. They're making their own tonic. Mm-hmm. Yes. But we we were there to carbo load. Yeah, we, we went there on a mission. Even though that's kind of a myth, but it, it's kind of a myth, but it's also kind of a tradition. And you yes. know, there's nothing wrong with tradition. And as they say on letter, Kenny, you don't, don't monkey mess with, with tradition. tradition. It's you don't mess with tradition. You so, don't mess with tradition. I'm not saying it I'm not saying exactly right because I don't want to get an explicit tag. Right. But the point is, you we we have a tradition. We do our carb meal. You technically do it two days out, but we do it. The, we did it the night before. Yeah. And nine one five does fresh made pasta. Oh my goodness! But wait, let's back up a little bit. We had an appetizer that was delightful. Yes. We had. We're suckers for charcuterie. Yeah, we love charcuterie, but we had a cheese plate. We had a cheese plate that had offerings from France, Oregon, and Italy. What a weird combo. I know. I know. But they were all imported cheeses. Except for Oregon. Well, I mean, they're imported from Oregon. They're not originated <laughs> in Florida. I don't well, know. Whatever. Whatever. The point is, they're not from here. Right. So, or not from Key West. And they had um, Florida Keys honey, honeycomb. Port soaked cherries and Marcona almonds. Oh, it was so awesome. Your favorite was the brie like f- cheese from France. The French brie. Yeah. If you've ever seen brie, if you're, if you, most people have, but you know, brie is that, that cheese wheel that has this weird skin, like an outer layer, mm-hmm. kind of like a pizza crust kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. and you cut through it and it's all creamy on the inside. Mm. Well, this one 
So creamy. Was so creamy. It was <sighs> melting at room temperature. Yes. And it was just. Almost like a fondue. Yeah, without the heat. I yeah. mean, granted, the feels like temperature was still probably in the in the high 80s to low 90s. And we sat outside on the porch, so. But the flavor of that brie was so funky and creamy and perfect. And they give you Cheesy. they give you these great um crostini that you, you spread mm-hmm. the cheese on. They had some grapes there also. And the rosemary biscuits. Little yeah, little little tiny biscuits yeah. that had rosemary baked into them. And mm-hmm. I just love the flavor of rosemary. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. This was just so luxurious yes all of the cheeses were i the second offering we had from oregon was so smoky but it was like a solid block um like uh it was a smoked blue cheese it was not uh you know how the brie was like melty Mm -hmm. it was more solid oh yeah more solid and and it was so smoky and it went really well with the cherry the port soaked cherries oh so good. And then the Italian cheese, the best thing I could describe it as was would be like a like a like a parmesan in consistency. In in its consistency, but almost like a like a sharp white cheddar in flavor. In flavor. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. I mean it, well, it was me a, it a much harder cheese, mm-hmm. but very sharp, very Yeah. In your face. Yeah. So we went from the melty cheese of the brie, the crumbly kind of harder consistency from the smoky cheese. That smoked blue cheese was insane. I think there are some people... That might be a very polarizing cheese. It may be. Because blue cheese in and of itself is Mm. polarizing. Yeah. There are some people who love blue cheese who are correct... Yes. And then there's those that I don't. I love blue cheese. There are those that don't. And that's okay. And we love you. We love you. You're just wrong. We just love blue cheese. And uh, there there was a debate this, this weekend about blue cheese versus ranch with chicken wings. But that's oh, a discussion yeah, for another time. Oh, yeah. We put that in our Instagram. But but this is a smoked blue cheese. So blue you're, cheese taking, you're taking a, a high-end blue and you're adding that smoked element to it, mm-hmm. which some might say is a little a little extra. A little, yes. A little much. It is a strong flavor. Yeah. It's a strong flavor. Now, did you find that you needed the cherry with that? I think it kind flavor? of balanced that sweetness. That sweetness from the cherries, it kind of balanced the smokiness. I agree. Plus the crustini was like the salty crispiness. You wouldn't eat a lot of it on its own. No, I don't think so. No. No. But that said, it was amazing. So that was the way we started the meal. I could leave you alone with that brie. Like a whole entire plate of that brie. Oh, yeah. You just have to come back with with an AED for me. Probably. But (laughs) between that and the honeycomb. Oh, so good. The honeycomb is just amazing. Yeah. But great. But that was the way we started the meal, and then <gasps> we got to the main event. And the and the reason we keep coming to this place is because they are doing it right, and they do it right on every they dish do. here. Oh! But their pasta game mm. 
is ridiculous. Yes, they have ravioli. They have pappardelle or pappardelli. I'm going to call it pappardelle for now. Pappardelle? Okay. We're going to mispronounce it either way. Yeah. So. We're, we don't know. We're not, we don't have an Italian background. They so. make their own gnocchi. Mm. But we went for, we actually got the same thing. We did. And, and it's, we've had it before, but we knew how good this was. And <sighs> since it was still on the menu, we're, we're, we're not dumb. We're going for it. Mm-hmm. And bringing it to you because Kobe beef bolognese, Parmesan Reggiano, creme fraiche. It was homemade ribbons of Pappardelle pasta. Yeah, they make all of their pasta fresh daily here. So good. Hand-cut pasta every day at this place. It was amazing. And you might be saying to yourself, they did what to Kobe beef? Yes, they ground it up. Mm. And they made a bolognese out of it. And it was so tender, like melt-in-your-mouth meat. The the richness of that bolognese sauce Mm. cannot be understated because Mm. you have that high-fat content of the bolognese, uh, of the Kobe beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they add in that funkiness from the Parmigiano-Reggiano and then the creme fraiche. And I've never had, that was the talk show, yeah. if you could hear that. The uh, I've never had a bolognese that had a little touch of a cream or a creme fraiche to give it a little bit of a creamy texture. It was so good. This was oh my God. just like, yeah, there's, there's no way to describe this. The the pasta was so fresh, We're but really it's trying. We are. It, it's al dente, so you've got a little bit of a toothsome quality to the pasta. The ribbons are about an inch wide, and they've got the ridges along each side. I mean, they're hand cutting this every day. Mm. You've got that that creaminess of the creme fraiche. It just adds something like a like a tartness, but the creaminess and then the melt in your mouth meat. And it's just, it's a heavier dish. Oh, without a doubt. It's a heavier dish, but I feel like it was so like it comforted my soul. (laughs) We've literally been taught. We've been home for a day and a half. We've been talking about it ever since. Like we want to just get in the car and go back down and have it. But it is Absolutely one of, if I had to say there's a place that you need to go to Key West, bar none, mm. this is one of the three places Yes, in Key West Ooh. you must go. Are you going to tell me the other two? Nope. Okay. Not right now. All right. Well, anyway. But their pasta game, and then they do a version of this dish at lunch mm-hmm. that I have got to try they do this at lunch but with lamb lamb mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't have the creme fraiche it um and a different pasta right a yes gnocchi a, a spinach gnocchi mm-hmm. so come on i number one i've and never i've never had lamb in a in a pasta dish ever yeah i think it would be incredible yeah. if our experience from this place in the past six or seven years is any indicator we would love it yeah. And 
this dish comes in at about $26. Yeah, it's a special occasion kind of dish. There are at, at the point 5 they have the smaller plates upstairs. Yeah, a little more a little more budget friendly upstairs. Mm-hmm. But I think if you are celebrating your accomplishment or if you are want to wanting to have a hearty comforting pre-race meal celebrating what you are about to do, then there you go. Yeah, and for me, this was celebrating my first time back on the road running. Yeah. So, so. that was the reason for this this yeah. trip. So but highly recommend. You cannot cannot beat this place for pasta at all. Mm. But there was it was kind of funny while we were there. I, we were reading through the menu, and I saw you whipping out the phone to turn on the light so that you could read the read the menu because it was a dimly lit. It's like a romantic environment in there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But I also think it might be because you didn't have your your new glasses with you. I know. I have to. I have successfully ordered my five pair, five frame free try on home try on kit from Warby Parker. Well, it's about time. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I'm picky. I go on the website overwhelmed by amazing choices of frames yes yes and i am so excited that they are a sponsor of this week's show and that at warby parker trial.com slash red for the runny drink podcast that they are offering our listeners five pairs five days 100 percent free in-home try-on you know, you got nothing to lose. Go on the website, check it out. I was kind of overwhelmed, which I the, totally did. At check the out number of frames choices that you had, and I like that they offer a quiz at the beginning of the experience to ask, "Have you ever worn glasses? If so, what?" How would you describe the shape of your face? Do you like square, rectangular, round? Do you like metal? Do you like plastic? What what kind of material? What colors do you like? And then they offer suggestions that could be a part of your in-home try-on. Well, you know, I'm not a glasses wearer yet, I'm, <laughs> although I know it's coming because I perfect vision. You. Both of my parents, you know, had really you know Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. Uh, back in the day, yeah. but. I've seen you go through fits over the years with your glasses, and I'm really glad to see that they have a variety of materials to choose from for you. Yes. And a variety of frame sizes, shapes, and styles so mm-hmm. that you can Are they going to be narrow? Are they going to be wide? How do you like it? Yeah, you pick something that's going to be right for the occasion mm-hmm. or the... The, the setting and mm-hmm. we're going to have you guys help Amy pick some glasses. Yay. That's coming up. So as soon as she gets the, the try on kit, you guys will get to vote and tell us what you think of the glasses. And too. you know what I like about these five frames that I have ordered for the try on. I mean, it's so it's an expensive kind of thing to get new glasses. Whew. Yeah. Boy, is it. And what I like about Warby Parker is they start at $95. Well, I should say, boy, was it. Yeah. Because Warby Parker puts the ability to get prescription glasses done and delivered to you for 95 bucks. That makes yeah. it so approachable and so accessible to so many more people. 
Yeah, and it includes a hard case and a cleaning cloth. And that whole in-home trial experience, you can try them on in all of your daily activities and for your friends and family to see, to get opinions and see what's going to work for you with no pressure. Well, I can't wait to see what you've picked for your five frames to try on at home for free. Oh, they're coming. And you'll see. And in the meantime, if you need glasses or, you know, just regular sunglasses or prescription eyewear, go to warbyparkertrial.com slash red for the Runny Drink Podcast. Five pairs, five days, 100% free. Get yourself an in-home try-on and show the show some love and support. Yep, using that URL lets them know where you heard it and helps support the show. We really appreciate it, and we think you're going to be happy with your Warby Parker trial when you see these frames for yourself when you get them there. And thank you, Warby Parker, for sponsoring this week's show. So once we got done with the race... It was time to go pick up a tasty beverage. Oh, yeah. And there happens to be a place that we used to go to. Yeah. Right off of Duval Street that was called The Porch. It well, is you could no see more. it. You could see it in a classic house. Yeah, another place. A lot of places on Duval or right off Duval, they convert these old-style Key West homes into places, uh, in, into restaurants and yeah. bars. Well, this place that used to be called The Porch, yes, uh, which is no longer there, but we were there a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. and then we discovered they had opened up this place right across the hall. So literally across the hall, in the same house, was this whole separate place to go Yeah, called The Other Side. Yes, and one of our listeners, actually two of our listeners, hearkened back to it and said, hey, we heard that you're going to the Keys over the last couple of weeks you've been talking. You're going to go to Key West. You have to go back to the other side and you have to get a couple of killer cocktails. And we liked it the first time we went there. Yeah. So getting two people who don't know each other to recommend that to us. Awesome. It was a no-brainer for us to go back. Yeah. So we went to the other side. And you know what I like about it? I mean, they had like couch and chairs and chess and like a a little fireplace that was not going because it was not hot. But the the picture of the cat and the dog on the wall, it was just like... It's it's a quirky... Decor. Place. It's an old Key West-style home. Mm -hmm. It's got this... This beautiful, almost um, Victorian look to it. Yeah. With this really nice leather high back chairs. And the sitting, couch. you know, and a high back couch. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, chess yeah. to play in the corner. And you got the bar. But then you got these weird pictures on the wall. And that's a picture of like a a, a cat and a dog posing together. And each one's yeah. missing an eye. You that's know, it's kind of really, really weird. That's, Are they both missing an eye? I didn't realize that. both missing an eye, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So it is It is so weird. But then you, rescue you go up to the bar, and the bar is marble. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. It is just so nice. Love it. And our bar beer tender, our bartender, excuse me, she was not a beer tender. <laughs> bartender, bartender, because it's cocktails. Yeah, it's all craft cocktails there. I mean, and they do have local beer, um, 
if you want to partake in beer, they have some from the Waterfront Brewery that we covered when we were down there for the Hemingway 5K. They're available, but let's yeah, let's but let's be, be real. We were there for the cocktails, and that's not the star of the show. There, no, Michelle made some killer cocktails. Michelle, for us. yeah, she was so nice. Yeah, and just approachable mm. and fun. I yeah. mean, to, to sit and banter with your bartender, you know, that's that's part of the, the fun of yeah. craft cocktails. Yeah. But she was just a rock star. Yeah, she was we awesome. Her. She was awesome. We came in, we sat down. We I had the listener recommendation that I really needed to try the banana bread old-fashioned. So Steph from Just Take a Dip, Thank you so much. Just take a dip on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So, but, and then her partner in crime on that just take a dip Instagram account also recommended the Hemingway daiquiri. Which I happen to get. Mm-hmm. So, listen, the banana bread old fashioned. Tell us about it. Shut up. Just shut up and get your own. <laughs> get your own because I want this one and possibly another round of this one. It had. Bring it home. What do you got? Jameson's Caskmates and Giffard. I don't even know. Banana. St. George Spiced Pear Agave Black Walnut Bitters. And then dried fruit, dried banana in the glass. Mm-hmm. I can't even pronounce all of the ingredients, but I can tell you they made one delicious cocktail. It was not overly sweet. No. And which I would have expected it to be. The I think that the Jameson's shined through with a, a little bit of sweetness from the banana chips that were in there, the, the dried fruit. Mm-hmm. And it was just a lovely cocktail. I don't know what the what the reasoning behind the St. George Spice Pear liqueur is, mm. but the the amount they put in there is just enough. Yeah. To give you that it, somehow it plays on your tongue in just the right way. I sipped that and I'm like, this tastes just like banana bread. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It was awesome. <laughs> it was totally great. And I would highly recommend that drink. I Absolutely. For sure. uh, what a great recommendation. Yeah. And when you are in Key West, so many people have the wrong impression of what a daiquiri is. Mm, yes. They, they're thinking a fr- big icy frozen cocktail thing that's mostly sugar Or some prepackaged mix. Let me tell you, a properly done Hemingway daiquiri has none of that. Hey, do you know we had a proper Hemingway daiquiri at Santiago's Bodega in Orlando? Yes. Yes. And this was reminiscent of that. But I interrupted you, so go ahead. That's okay. Very. It was very reminiscent of that, and it was a Hemingway daiquiri in Key West. I mean, come on, we're literally a stone's throw away from his house. Yeah. They used Papa's Pilar three-year blonde rum, and that is brewed or distilled right there in Key West. Love it. Which we have got to get down there and get them on the show. We do. 
grapefruit and lime juices, mm. simple syrup, and a maraschino liqueur. Just a splash. So it, it, but it didn't add any red color to the beverage. Not really, no. no. I mean, I you might have a hint of pink to this, but just the slightest hint. And I mean, mm-hmm. no, not even as much as like a pink grapefruit rind would be. No. So you you have this this translucent cocktail mm. that's a little bit sweet, but yeah. a little bit dry. Yeah. And. Just so flavorful. It refreshing. really very refreshing. And yeah. it lets the rum, the rum flavor shine through. That's that that uh sugar cane flavor that you get. Let mm. it shine and let it be the star of the show. Yeah. I, I can't recommend that enough. Oh, but you know what else is good? Having another round. Had, you had another round. And I did. You went off menu. And I went off menu because Michelle gave us a recommendation because they like to play with drinks there and they let them experiment. And this is, I guess, is it a secret menu item? Uh-huh. Well, it's it's, well, it's her menu item that she's it's come her. up with. So Michelle came up with this and let me talk about this because it's a peanut butter and jelly old fashioned. So it's very much like a dessert. It is made with screwball with a K instead of a C screwball peanut butter whiskey walnut bitters and like a strawberry syrup or what was between a strawberry syrup and puree and let me tell you okay it's served in the same kind of glass as a regular old-fashioned super huge cube of ice but also it 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 had on the rim, and not all the way around, but on the rim, it was half rimmed with Jif peanut butter. Jif peanut butter. It was so awesome. And I'm going to tell you, it was not, it's like a dessert, I guess, in a glass, but it was not overwhelmingly peanut butter flavored the kind of strawberry syrup to mimic the jelly was so great. So it was a nice balance of that peanut butter and that jelly type of flavor. And I was glad that she only rimmed the glass half with the peanut butter because it just picked up on that whiskey flavor in that screwball peanut butter whiskey. I've never heard of that before. I haven't either, but I Googled it after she told me. After she told us, but, you know. And we now have a field trip to Total Wine this weekend. Well, I don't think we can find it there. Probably not. She but was even saying that they have a hard time it's a, getting it They have it a hard there. time getting it sometimes. I don't know where we'll find it, but it's out there somewhere. Well, I, if I remember correctly, watching her make it, it looked like she was using a fresh strawberry puree. Yeah. So she was doing... But it wasn't really thick like a jelly. She may have cut it with water. Yeah, or something. I don't know. She didn't give us all the secrets. But, I mean, the color on it is reminiscent of... It's it's not deep red. No. It's not like like a a Rubeus. 
nothing like that. No. But great reddish color And to it's it. not too, too red like a grenadine. No, nothing like a grenadine. You know? No. Yeah. But it absolutely, you had the peanut butter scent coming from it. Oh, You had great. that, that um, strawberry flavor coming from it. Yeah. And she hit the nail on the head. I mean, the only thing she could have done otherwise would be to figure out a way to puree up some Wonder Bread to get you some some bread flavor in there I don't too. Know, like on the on the rim or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm not but sure. It was delicious. It didn't really need it. It no. Let's be real. No, I'm yeah. not complaining. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was incredible. And you had another drink that was that I love the name of. And I love the flavor of. Well, yeah, and you know what tr- attracted me to it was the was the base li- liquor in it. Yeah, yeah. I had a drink called the Southern Godfather, and the Southern Godfather is a very simple recipe. It is Eagle Rare Bourbon, mm. which we had when we were in Kentucky. Yeah, amaretto and Angostura bitters. Very simple. Very simple. A little bit of a sweeter take on an old fashioned. Because Almost. of the amaretto. Because of the amaretto. The Angostura bitters yeah. offset that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a phenomenal sipping drink. Something that would be a great after dinner beverage mm-hmm. or after race. Which it was. For celebration. Because let's be, I had several sips of your beverage. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and just what a great environment. You know, we were there for a couple of hours. It was just a phenomenal time. Michelle yeah. was great. We ran into more runners. We did. This setting, (laughs) again, it's so beautiful in there. Laid back, relaxed, not really loud or busy. Eclectic. Yeah. Yeah. And the place that used to be the porch Mm -hmm. that's over there now. It's um, now like a beer bar. Yeah, it's it's like a beer bar, and mm-hmm. and and there's that's great. Sure, um, just a little different vibe. Yeah, and uh, you know the house there is beautiful. Mm. They've got an outdoor seating area. You can take your beverages out onto the porch. Yeah, and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. You can go out into the the garden area and grab a seat at one of their tables out there if you want to, and it would be gorgeous. In the late fall, when the temperature starts to drop, finally. yeah, mm-hmm. we January, were, February, maybe in the evenings, we were still having some thunderstorms. Oh, we did well after though we were off Duval, yes, and back at the hotel, yeah, yeah, it was late, late evening, but just such a beautiful atmosphere, great people. Michelle was awesome. The other side, Caroline's other side, awesome, they are killing it on the craft cocktail mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. If that is your jam, if you want to know what these bartenders who are doing some cutting edge stuff or executing classics perfectly, this is a place that you need to go. There you go. Period. Mm. And this is cocktail centric. And we have been doing a whole lot of great beers lately, Mm -hmm. but haven't really hearkened back to cocktails. So I kind of like this. Well, we just came off of coffee, so there's nothing wrong with a little bit of cocktail. We have to give a little love all the way around. I like it. We've done coffee. We've done a lot of beer features lately. We have to make our way around to tea and wine at some point. I know. We will. We totally will. 
But in the meantime, this was but awesome. We've gone a little bit long this week. But we have. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. This was a big trip and a big trip for me. So for yes. those of you that have been along on my journey back to so proud of you, full health, I cannot thank you enough. I had a lot of people chiming in and giving words of encouragement last weekend on the training run, doing yes. the Facebook Live or the, the, the Instagram Live videos. Thank you so much, guys. That's... I can't tell you how much that means to me. I, you mm -hmm. know, it's just been, it's been a very different experience for me. It was a great time. I was so proud of you. And I was so thankful to run those miles for uh, one of our lovable extra miler friends, Suzanne. Yeah. One of our friends in the extra mile podcast group is uh, recovering from surgery. And yes. we are wishing her a quick and speedy recovery. And we ran those miles for her, and it was just great. So. So. Get well soon. Next week, not a training or not a travel week. We are training. We are two weeks plus mm -hmm. out from heading to back to Disney. So we will have oh some God. more stuff for you next week from Key West. Yes, because we, we went to a couple of other places that had some dynamite offerings in terms of food and beverage. We couldn't fit it in all in this episode. So we'll give you some training updates and we'll talk about how this southernmost half marathon informs our training next week. You're not going to want to miss it, guys. Yeah. Plus a couple of bonuses from Key West. So tune in for that. And we'll be sharing all over our social media some pictures from the places we went in Key West. Delicious stuff. We would love for you to send us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts if you have not already. We can't tell you how much that helps the podcast get discovered. So if you could take a couple of minutes, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review. We really like five stars. We hope that we're <laughs> earning five stars we from you. We hope so. Let so us know. Let us know and leave a review and a rating. That really helps us get discovered. Yes. Or if you've already rated and reviewed us, please share our show with a fellow Runcationer on social media and tag us so we know that you shared it and we can say thank you. We can't thank you guys enough for helping the Runcation Nation grow. We've crossed 400 people following on Facebook, and we're super excited about that. Yes. So thank you very much. And that's going to do it for us, huh? Yep. For this week's episode of the Runny Drink Podcast, I think that we can call this one in the can. Yes. And we will talk to you next week. Have a great long run. Have a great work week. Great races. Special shout out to Marco Cicetto that we met at Anchorage Run Fest. Congratulations on setting a new world record at the Chicago Marathon. You, my friend, are awesome. Cannot tell you how inspiring you are so yeah. great job guy yeah can't wait to get you on the show congratulations to all of our friends followers and listeners who are out there in the running communities that we participate in who ran chicago and any other races congratulations enjoy those medal mondays and bask in the glow of accomplishment and we will talk to you next week Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. 
And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink, Pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.